Welcome to our weekly podcast. Last week, we focused in on James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. And these were certainly challenging verses, as James highlights several descriptors of our sinful desires. We were reminded that our desires, when they don't line up with God's desires, and when they don't line up with His will, they're often dangerous. They're selfish, worldly, and even envious. But there's good news. The good news is that God gives us more grace. In fact, God's grace is so much greater than all our sin. And friends, this is an incredible truth. It's the kind of promise that we can and should build our lives on. So while a lot of the content was certainly challenging last week, the context offers so much hope for those who desire God more than they desire the world. When you and I humbly submit our lives under the authority of God and his word, we experience God's purpose in our lives. We find fulfillment in him, and God gives us a kind of joy that the world cannot take away. And when we inevitably veer off the path that God has called us to walk, we're reminded that we can always turn back to him in humble repentance, receiving God's grace that helps us live for him. In today's passage, James begins to wrap up his letter, and he does so by offering comfort and encouragement to all those who follow Jesus with their lives. In a lot of ways, he's coming full circle, back to a truth that we read towards the beginning of chapter 1. So if you were here towards the beginning of our series, uh, specifically week 2, I gave a message on redefining trials and joy. If you were here for that message, I think these verses in chapter 1 will have greater meaning for you. James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We've said throughout this series that God's main goal for all of our lives is to make us more and more like Jesus. This process is called sanctification or Christ formation and really is a major theme throughout the book of James and throughout the rest of the New Testament. We're reminded again and again that although we experience trials and troubles that come in all shapes and sizes, God can use these things to produce perseverance in our lives. Again, the goal is spiritual maturity. It's growing up in the faith. If we're going to successfully run the race that God has set before us, if we're going to keep the faith, and if we're going to accomplish the good work that God has prepared in advance for us to do, then we have to learn how to patiently persevere, as James and other New Testament authors talk about. The title of my message today is Patient perseverance. Now, those are two words that you don't often hear together. Patient perseverance. I think if you say that three times fast, it's kind of a tongue twister. (laughs) But you're going to see why I've chosen this title as we focus in on today's text. James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. This is what we read. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. 
Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Well, friends, today we know that our God is full of compassion and mercy. When I was growing up, I was able to spend a lot of time with my grandparents. In fact, I've mentioned, I think, several times that some of my favorite memories are from staying the night at their house when I was younger, waking up to the smell of my grandma's cooking. Uh, Her breakfast is just out of this world. (laughs) Another one of my favorite memories is when I went on a bike ride with my parents and my grandparents at Lake Hefner. I was about 10 or 11 years old, and we decided to ride around the entire lake that afternoon. The path that goes around this lake is just under 10 miles. So uh, for someone who just had a one-speed bike and had never ridden that far before, um, i got to be honest, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, Before we started the ride, I was told that it was going to be a long one, that my legs would hurt, that the weather was going to be hot, and that we would need to stop at some point for food and water. Uh, But if we kept a consistent pace, we'd be able to finish the ride in just a couple of hours. Now, We've got some people in our church who ride almost every day, and they could probably do 10 miles in less than an hour, but that wasn't the case with us. Now, I remember getting really tired and wishing that the ride was over or that we could just take a shortcut and somehow bypass the rest of the ride. And we were there to ride, though, so cutting corners was out of the question. I was promised that the finish line wasn't too far off, and if I was patient and just kept pedaling in the end, I'd be happy that I stuck with it. Well, sure enough, after a couple hours, we finished the ride. That day, I was able to see the entire lake. And if I'm honest with you, I was happy that I went on the ride. You know, it wasn't easy, and I've only done it one other time since then, but it was definitely worth it in the end. This isn't a perfect illustration for what James is talking about, but I think it gives us a good idea of what he means by patient perseverance or patient endurance. Patient perseverance is continuing to follow God's leading, following his direction, even when life gets tough. Patient perseverance is staying put and standing firm on the promises of God when it would be easy to run away. Friends, in this life, We're going to experience trials and troubles of many kinds. And we're told that God's not going to completely right all the wrongs in this world until Jesus returns. In the meantime, Christians are called to patiently persevere. In today's passage, James reminds us uh, three different times that Jesus is coming back. He says, be patient until the Lord's coming. Be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. He also says the judge is standing at the door. In Titus chapter 2, verse 3, the Apostle Paul describes the second coming of Christ as the blessed hope of the Christian. It's the blessed hope of the Christian because we know that in this world we will have troubles, but we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. For a lot of us, this might seem like a long ride, this thing that we call the Christian life. However, we're encouraged to remember that there's an end in sight. And in the meantime, we're given the charge, the challenge to focus on what God is doing in and through our lives right now. When life gets tough, 
the truth that Jesus is returning soon should motivate us to keep going. This truth should help us to patiently persevere. The big question that we need to answer today is this. How can we experience this kind of patient perseverance as we wait for the Lord's return? The late Dr. Albert Schweitzer, he was a famous medical missionary, was once asked this question. What is the best way to raise children? That's a good question, right? We have four boys. I'd like to know the answer to that question. Well, he replied, there are three ways. By example, by example, and by example. (laughs) I think that's a great answer. You know, what he said about raising children is also true about growing as Christians. We need examples to follow, especially when we're learning how to patiently persevere in the midst of difficult seasons. So to answer the initial question, how can we experience this kind of patient perseverance as we wait for the Lord's return? James gave three encouraging examples of patient perseverance. If you're taking notes, the first example is the farmer. The farmer. We see this in James 5, verses 7 and 8. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Not only are farmers some of the hardest workers that I've ever known. Uh, We knew several farmers uh, when we were at our church in Indianapolis, Um, but they're also some of the most patient. So I would say that if you're not a patient person, person. You probably shouldn't be a farmer. Um, I'm not a patient person, so I would not be a good farmer. If you think about it, crops don't grow overnight, and the farmer has zero control over the weather. You know, if it rains too much, the crops can rot. Um, If it's too dry or hot, the crops can burn up. Now, my wife loves to garden. I like to say that she's good at growing things, and I'm good at killing them. (laughs) That's just the reality in our house. Uh, But one of the frustrating things for her about gardening, especially in Wisconsin, is having to bring the tomatoes and the peppers inside at night for the first few weeks of spring uh, because of the frost. Um, Frost can kill the crop. It's the same for farmers. Frost can kill the crop. There's so many things that they have to patiently persevere through, patiently endure. Farmers have to be patient because it takes a long time for plants to grow. And they have to patiently persevere when the weather doesn't fully cooperate. Um, Jewish farmers, they would plow and sow in uh, what to us are the fall months. They had to patiently wait for the rains in the fall to soften the soil. And then the rains in early spring that would help the crops grow. So there were weeks and weeks of work and weeks and weeks of waiting. I think a good question to ask is why are farmers willing to wait so long? I think the answer is because the harvest is worth waiting for. The harvest is worth waiting for. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So the Apostle Paul who wrote Galatians, um, James, which is the letter that we've been studying, and the other New Testament authors, they all viewed the Christian life as though we are spiritual farmers, We're spiritual farmers who are working towards a spiritual harvest. Part of being a spiritual farmer is learning to trust God with the things that we cannot control, the things that are outside of our control. Just like the farmer can't control the weather and the growth of the crop, James says that we can learn to trust God 
with the things that we can't control, while simultaneously honoring him with the things that we can. I think this is part of the secret of patient perseverance. When life gets tough, we can claim the promise that God is producing a spiritual harvest in our lives. We can trust God with what we can't control, and we can honor him with what we can. But we can only enjoy this kind of harvest that James is talking about if we learn to stand firm in the Lord. A standing firm in the Lord means building our lives on his promises that are found in his word. It's all about submitting our lives under the authority of his leading and his will. Instead of growing impatient with God, impatient with others, and impatient with ourselves, we can remember that God has a plan. He has a purpose for our lives. We also need to keep in mind that the farmer doesn't just sit around doing nothing. He doesn't sit around all day twiddling his thumbs. Patient perseverance means constantly working for God in the present. It's working hard. It's doing the good works that he planned in advance for us to do. And looking towards the harvest in the future. James didn't tell his original audience to put on white robes, climb a mountain, and wait for Jesus to return. No. Keep working and waiting. That that was his charge. Keep working and waiting. We encourage everyone here at OCC to make worship a priority on Sundays. It is so important that we gather together every week to worship together. We also encourage everyone to join a growth group uh, sometime throughout the week. When you're in a group, uh, you can grow in your knowledge of God's word, and you can learn to live it out together in the context of authentic biblical community. We like to say that uh, God's word is for learning and for living. We also encourage everyone to find an area in the church where they can serve, where they can use the gifts that God has given them. We believe that if these things become priority in all of our lives, we're going to grow individually and collectively in all the right ways. And we're being spiritual farmers who are working hard for God in the present while waiting for Jesus to return, whenever that may be. The example of the farmers show us that patient perseverance is working in the present and waiting for a harvest in the future. The second example of patient perseverance is the prophets. The prophets. We see this in verse 10. James chapter 5 verse 10 says, Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. So the prophets are our second example. James's original audience, they would have understood this short and simple reference to the Old Testament prophets. Um, in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus even used the prophets as an example of how to persevere in the midst of persecution. So what kind of encouragement and instruction can we receive from their example? Well, for starters, they were in the will of God, yet they still had trials and troubles. That's important to remember. James says they spoke in the name of the Lord, but they were still persecuted. They were ambassadors for God, yet they still went through difficult seasons. I think their example reminds us that all those who truly follow Jesus will face some kind of persecution at some point in their lives. You know, persecution comes in all shapes and sizes, just like the trials that we face. When the Apostle Paul wrote to the young pastor Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, verse 12, he said, Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It's important to understand that 
following Jesus doesn't mean that life's going to be easy all the time. If we look at the example of Jesus, he was perfectly obedient to the Father. And that led him to the cross. The Old Testament prophets remind us that we can expect trials and troubles when we're in the will of God. But their example also encourages us by reminding us that God cares for us, that he comforts us and leads us when we do go through difficult seasons. I think about Elijah in the Old Testament. Elijah announced to a terrible king by the name of Ahab that there was going to be a drought in the land for three and a half years. And when you read this story, you learn that Elijah himself had to suffer in that drought. He wasn't exempt. Yet God cared for him during this time and gave him victory over his enemies. But he still had to suffer. I've heard it said that the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. Let me say that again. That's so important. The will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. This is a truth that we see throughout God's word. Faithful men and women from every generation had to go through seasons of great trials and troubles. But they were always kept in the grace of God. God went with them. He led them. He told them what to do and what to say. He brought them through the storm. I've heard Christians ask the question, why do we have to go through things like this? Why do we have to go through trials and troubles? I think it's so that our lives can back up our message. The encouraging example of the prophets reminds us that our patient perseverance in times of trials and troubles serves as a testimony to other people. We got to realize that how we respond to trials and troubles often speaks louder than our words. So this example that James uses from the Old Testament prophets should encourage us It should encourage us to spend more time in God's word. You know, getting acquainted with these heroes of the faith. It should encourage us to spend more time in prayer and more time sharing our faith with others, especially during difficult seasons. Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says, Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. In his commentary on the book of James, Warren Wearsby wrote, The better we know the Bible, the more God can encourage us in the difficult experiences of life. So I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again as often as I can. Uh, Friends, it is so important to begin the day in the word and in prayer. Even if it's just five minutes of guarded time that you can devote to these things, God will use that time to encourage you. He'll use that time to teach you and to lead you, especially during difficult seasons. So like the farmer, we keep working and waiting. And like the prophets, we keep witnessing to others, regardless of how difficult the circumstances may be. The third example of patient perseverance is Job. Job. Um, We see his example in verse 11. It says, As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. The Old Testament book of Job is a long book. There's 42 chapters, and reading through the book can seem long and tedious, especially if you don't know how the chapters are divided. In the first three chapters, you have Job's distress. He loses his wealth. He loses his family, except for his wife, who seems like a pretty terrible person, and uh, he loses his health. And then in chapters 4 through 31, we read about Job's defense, 
Um, He debates back and forth with his three friends and responds to their false accusations against him and against God. And finally, Job 38 through 42 highlights Job's deliverance. Um, First, we read about how God humbles Job, and then he honors him and gives him twice as much as he had before. James says, we can count as blessed those who have persevered. Friends, Job's example reminds us that we can't patiently persevere unless there's something to persevere through, unless there are trials and troubles. There are no victories without battles, and there are no peaks without valleys. If you want to experience the blessing that James is talking about, you have to learn how to patiently persevere with God's help. I think we'd be hard-pressed to find a greater example of trials and suffering in the Bible than Job, with the exception uh, being Jesus, of course. These times were almost unbearable for Job. He lost his health and his wealth. He lost his children. His wife was against him. I mean, she told him to curse God and die. His friends were against him. They accused him of being a hypocrite and someone who deserved God's judgment. And it seemed, on the surface, like God was against him. When Job cried out for answers, God didn't immediately reply, yet Job patiently persevered. You know, he questioned God's will at times, but he never abandoned his faith. Job's example serves as a great reminder that whatever trial you walk through, that isn't the end of your story. You're not Job, and either am I. It's important that we understand that. But the principles and the truths remain the same. God has a purpose for your pain. He has a reason for your struggle and a reward for your faithfulness. As a result of his trials and suffering, Job met God in a new and deeper way. And in the end, he received greater blessings from God. When we read his story, um, there's a specific question that almost always comes up. And the question is this. If God is so compassionate and so merciful, as James talks about, then why didn't he protect Job from the trials and suffering to begin with. I'll be the first to admit that I don't always understand why God does what he does. Um, But there were two passages of scripture that came to mind uh, when I thought about this question this week. The first comes from Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. This is what we read. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And the second one is Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, which says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. I would say that God was compassionate, that God was merciful in Job's life. I mean, through his experience, God was clearly glorified and Job was purified. He learned to trust and depend on God regardless of the circumstance. Again, if there's nothing to patiently persevere through, you can't learn patient perseverance. So what did Job's story mean to the believers James wrote to? And what does it mean for our lives today? We can be reminded that when we find ourselves in a difficult season, We can go to the throne of grace and receive from God all the grace that we need to patiently persevere. We can be reminded that God has a purpose for our pain, a reason for our struggle, and a reward for our faithfulness. And we can be reminded that God will work out his purposes, his plans, and his time for his glory 
and for our good. As our series on the book of James comes to a close, be reminded that God wants us to patiently persevere, especially during times of trial and trouble. Like the farmer, we're called to work hard in the present, you know, to do the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do, and we're to wait for a spiritual harvest in the future. Like the prophets, we're called to witness to others, regardless of how difficult the circumstances may be. Now, how we respond to trials often speaks louder than our words. And like Job, we can be reminded that God has a purpose for our pain, a reason for our struggle, and a reward for our faithfulness. Friends, let's learn to patiently persevere with God's help.